Hello, everybody. Welcome to Project Seek, a brand new apostolic podcast with apostolic content. Today, I'm with a lifetime Bible quizzer. She was a big part of growing the campus ministry in her college. She was a helper to the missionaries in Guatemala for a series of years, and as well as started a Bible quiz program in, in that country. Tori Ogden, welcome to Project Seek. Hi, everyone. So what is campus ministry and why is it so important? Campus ministry is an initiative by the United Pentecostal Church to help college students be able to spread the gospel on their campuses and to reach out to college-age students. Um, It's important because uh, the college age is such a critical age, and for a while before Hyphen existed, um, which is the UPC program that is for 18 to 30-year-olds, there was nothing for that age group once they left the youth group at 18, it was kind of sort of like you're on your own. And we had been losing um, a lot of that age group. And so campus ministry was an initiative as well to um, keep that that age group engaged and also to bring in other people from that age group into the local church and to help reach out. Um, I believe it was Jeff Arnold that said the world, I'm sorry, Jerry Jones, that said the world comes to you through your college campus. And there's so many different representatives of cultures and places on the campus. Um, as we have international students, that it's really reaching the whole world when you're doing those Bible studies with those college students. Um, and so that's largely why it exists: is to have an outlet to be able to spread the gospel to that age group. So, what challenges should those looking into campus, doing campus ministry, be aware of before they start? Um, it's a whole different culture, just as. You would go to maybe a different country and do missions work. It's very much a mission field. Um, And so adapting to that culture, each college is different. Uh, I was at the Ohio State University um, at a regional campus in Newark. And so I had to learn that culture. There was a lot of fear um, on the campus. There was a lot of darkness. It just felt dark when I would walk around the campus before we had the campus ministry starting. And so I would um, start praying about those things and eventually, as we had more apostolic uh, students join us, we would all start praying about those things. And really, it was sort of conquering the campus, so to speak. Um, It's actually a book that they have out now, um, Mike McGurk wrote. But it's, you know, taking that spiritual authority and being able to pray on the campus. Um, And that was something that was hard, was really breaking through that. And uh, once you start praying, though, it just the entire culture of the campus changed, the atmosphere didn't feel dark anymore, didn't feel um, any fear was gone. In fact, we had the uh, student organization leader of student life there uh, and in a meeting that I was in at one point with a bunch of the campus um, student organization leaders, he said that ever since our group had been there on the campus, the entire atmosphere had changed. And he looked at me across the table and he said, I hope that group never leaves this campus um, because it's changed the entire culture of our, of our college. And, um, you know, by God's grace, that campus group is still there today, thriving. People are getting baptized. People are receiving the Holy Ghost. Um, and God's doing a great work there. Well, that's incredible. So well, when you were a missionary to Guatemala, what was it like to actually go there and be part of that that sure. country's culture? Well, I guess rewinding back, um, 
2015, I was actually headed uh, on an AYC trip to India. I started raising money, had almost all my money raised. It was March of 2015, and certain circumstances caused um, them to have to move the AYC trip, given uh, there was some dangerous activity happening in South India, where we were originally heading. And so I went to my pastor, and I talked to him um, about it, and he didn't really feel like it would be a safe choice for me um, to go there. To the, to the new location, just given everything that was going on. Uh, but I really think that it was a, a God thing on top of that. And so I was pretty down because I had been planning for months to go to India. But at the same time, I knew that it would be not a wise choice to go against uh, what my spiritual authority was saying. So I um, chose not to go. And it was a short while after that my pastor's wife, she came to me and she said, well, I know it's not India, but I was thinking about going to Guatemala, where we have missionaries from our church. And um, if you want to, you could go with me in August uh, for 10 for ten days, 8, 10 days. And I was like, well, it's not India, but okay. So I really had no idea what I was getting into necessarily. Um, I had taken Spanish in high school, but really didn't grasp the concept of the language. So I went not knowing any Spanish really at all. Um, not necessarily having a burden for the culture or for the people group, um, but I decided to go and see what it was about. And when I was there, those eight days completely changed my life. Um, I haven't been the same since, and I came back with just a burden for those people. And I went to the northern region of Guatemala. Um, and so this region was actually not open. Um, it was very hard to get into for the UPCI for a number of years. In fact, I want to say about 12 years ago, there was no churches up there. Um, we just hadn't been able to break in as an organization into that region. Um, it's quite an indigenous population. Many are Mayan. Um, and it's a, it's a, it was a hard group of people to reach out to. And so uh, the missionary that was from the church I went to, Noe Barrientos, he felt burdened because he was from that area to go there. And so he was able um, to go there, of course, being from that area originally, he became a pastor there and eventually um, district coordinator, I believe, over that region and worked hand in hand with the missionaries, the Thompsons, um, down in the uh, southern part of Guatemala and Linju and a whole bunch of others. Um, and they started so many churches up there. And so being a missionary there, um, I did feel like I was called to go back and to help them. So I went in 2018 for about a month just to see if it was for real. And um, then I went back in 2019 every summer uh, during college. I graduated after that, nearly every summer during college. And then I decided that I really felt like I was supposed to go down there and live there. And so from... Um, January of 2020 to September of 2021, um, I was there and considered that my home. And I would go back and forth to renew visas, that kind of thing. Um, but I was there during the COVID pandemic, so that was very different. Um, that I got there in January and then March I had started. And uh, it was very much locked down. There were days where we could only... Um, be out for three hours and we had to walk places and we weren't allowed to use transportation at all oh, wow. um and we couldn't be with anybody we had to walk um i remember walking with some friends in a single file line and we couldn't interact with each other at all because we weren't allowed to be in groups of people and so even to just 
walk to get groceries. You had to just be by yourself. Um, and so it was definitely a learning curve for me. Um, but it also, the church grew during that time. And we really dove into online services um, as much as we could, given the Wi-Fi situation there. But we tried all that we could to help reach those people um, during that time. And where I was in the northern part of Guatemala was quite a bit different. They call Guatemala the land of eternal spring. Um, but where I was, it was 100 degrees most of the year. So it was not springtime at all. <laughs> um, and so my experience in Guatemala is quite a bit different than a lot of people who go to Guatemala because most of the time they're in the other regions that are below Peyton. Um, Peyton is kind of the wild frontier. In fact, the government um, in Guatemala at large, doesn't even like to go up there. They just kind of leave the people to themselves. Um, and most of the locals don't want to go up there if they're from other places in Guatemala. It's it's sort of the place that nobody wants to go to. Um, but it's beautiful. It's, it's jungle. There's pyramids, um, the Mayan pyramids. Uh, they're discovering more and more of them every day. Wonderful people, super friendly. Um, we had some crazy experiences, though. Of course, you're living in the jungle, so there was lots of insects, um, fire ants. There was uh, spiders, tarantulas. We had tarantulas several times in the church, in my uh, place where I was living, connected to the church, scorpions. Um, I had, like, roaches and lizards fall on my head and um, in my bed, and so crazy stuff. Uh, but... Really, all of those experiences not only gave me appreciation for what we have in the United States, but also helped me um, really learn about missions work in that, you know, it's not all glorious or whatever. It's it's hard. And when I got there, um, just to kind of give you a perspective, the the bathroom in the place I was living, which I had, I had a pretty nice place, but the shower was, the door was broken. Um... The toilet was broken. We had no sink. And oh, wow. so, yeah, and that was, you know, that was the bathroom. And so just kind of making do um, laundry. I didn't have a washer for a while. So I was just like hand washing stuff and hanging it up to dry. Dryers really didn't exist. Um, and so all things that you had to adapt to, walking everywhere. I would ride um, motorcycles uh, in Guatemala. It's kind of how you get around and I would actually ride side saddle on the back of a motorcycle most of the time to get places. Uh, people from the church would take me to get groceries and stuff when I wasn't with the missionaries. Um, it's a just kind of wild experiences. Um, it's dangerous there. And so to kind of give you a perspective, my mother uh, came down with me in January of 2020. and was very startled when she got off the plane in the airport and there's a bunch of soldiers with machine guns just, you know, everywhere. Oh. Um and so Guatemala had gone through a civil war uh, during my lifetime, and it had ended, I want to say in the 2000s, I might be incorrect about that, but it's still pretty fresh in people's minds. And so it's um, a lot of dangerous activity still goes on there, uh, sometimes drug trafficking, things like that. And so it's uh, just in that place and being there, realizing that you really had to rely on God and um one thing that I was told when I went there is to not fear and you would have a great time. And so I would have to remind myself of that, like, you can't be afraid. And the missionaries would tell me that it was largely a spirit there. And that if you showed fear, that um, you could get really sick, you could 
um, experience like a lot of, you know, uh, darkness, spiritual activity that wasn't, you know, of God. And um, there that had actually happened to people that had gone down there before um, that did let that fear creep in. They would get super sick, um, like deathly sick. I did get sick a couple of times. And um, I guess that, that probably might tie in later with one of the questions. But overall, my experience was great. I um, learned a whole new language. I in, became fluent in Spanish in Guatemala. Um, learned some Kikchi, which is the Mayan dialect in the region I lived in. Um, and really got to experience those cultures. And, you, you know, the people had nothing. A lot of them lived in huts or uh, just concrete cinder block houses, uh, smaller than this room and you know they would have four eight ten people living in there and they didn't have anything in the world's eyes but they had everything and the way they would worship and the way that they would pray um just absolutely was life-changing to me oh wow so what is the funniest or craziest thing that has ever happened to you during your ministry sure A lot of things. Um, I would say some of my experiences in Guatemala. Um, oh, we were in a remote village, and we this area was uh, pretty much hostile to the gospel. Um, it was run by um, tribal leaders, and the chief of the village kind of directed people as far as religion. They kind of had this twisted religion in, in that area that was like Catholic and then Mayan religion kind of smushed together. And um, really weren't open to to the gospel, but we had a um, a man that had asked us to come teach a Bible study over there, and so we went there. And we all went inside, kind of had to keep it down, you know. We closed the uh, cloth things and made sure they were over the windows, and um, really was life changing that day because I watched as they had this scroll and they kind of spread it out, and on this scroll was um, in pictures the life, burial, and death of Jesus. And then how that pairs with how, you know, we die out in repentance and then we're buried in baptism and then we receive the Holy Ghost. Um, and I saw them explain the gospel uh, for the very first time to these people. To my knowledge, they didn't really even know the name of Jesus. And uh, watching these people repent and fall on their knees was life-changing for me. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, this is real. And um, But there were some people that, didn't so much like that we were there and so they brought us this strange brown drink um worst drink I've ever had in my life like I don't even know what was in it and um it was really like thick and stuff warm and um I kind of looked at the missionary's wife she looked back at me and in that culture if you don't uh drink or eat something it's it's very offensive and they kind of take matters into their own hands where we were and so uh really you couldn't put it past them to get a little bit violent if you didn't do something. And so, um, you know, we were drinking the drink and I was like, if there's ever that scripture that, you know, says if they don't, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. It's right about now um, that we need this. And so, you know, we're kind of praying as we're drinking the drink and um, they wanted to make us some food. And so we went into the, the hut where they had the food and we were facing the wall of the hut and, um, they brought out these bowls of soup that had chicken in it, and the chicken was um, uncooked so much that I couldn't even get it off the bone hardly. I was, like, stretching my arm, like, prying my teeth to try to eat it. And, again, like, um, 
they stood around us and no joke they had these big long machete knives and they were just like holding them like ready to I guess you know if we didn't eat it or something to to come after us I'm not sure um but yeah we were just and the missionaries were whispering me just eat it just eat it and so we were eating it and so it was quite the crazy experience um but Praise God, we had one person that got baptized, and there's a thriving church now in that area because of um, when that person got baptized, then it kind of started the whole thing. So, Oh, that's incredible. So how did you know it was the will of God for you to go? Sure. Um, I had this, so at a, at a church camp, I was uh, 14, and... I don't really even remember what the sermon was about, but it was about callings, I guess. And I had this, actually, I do remember what it was about. I had this stick. It was a paint stick. It was called Stir It Up was the message. And um, the man that night, I forget who it was, but he told us to write down what we felt like God was calling us to do. And so I wrote two things. I wrote servant and missionary. And I took that stick up and I prayed over it. And I remember distinctly where I was praying at the Ohio campground. Um... And while I was praying, I saw kind of, I guess, a vision of some sort. And in it, there was two children. Um, they were in school uniforms and uh, girls, and they were running down a dirt road. And on one side, on the left, there was, there was a field. Something was growing. And on the right side, there was some huts. And um, there was a few other visions connected with that, but that's kind of what I saw that night. And so I, I kept that, and I was like, I got to find where those girls are. Like, that's where I'm supposed to go. And, um, of course, it. I was thinking, given the um, color of their skin and what nationality they appeared to be, I assumed probably South Asia somewhere. And so I was like, probably India, you know, maybe, maybe Cambodia, somewhere in there. And so I kind of started setting my eyes for there, thinking that that's where God had called me. And then when God changed my plans and I ended up in Guatemala, as I was at um, another village that we went to, it actually became my favorite place. Um, it's just a beautiful village, wonderful people, way up near the Mayan ruins. And um, I saw it play out before my eyes. Uh, some children wanted me to like play with them. And so I was on the side of the house and we were really just playing with trash because they didn't have toys at all. And I happened to look off to my left and I see the two school children running, girls in uniform, exact uniforms that were in my vision as a 14-year-old. I was 18 when this happened. Um, running down on the left side, there was a field. On the right side, there was huts. And I got to see it all play out. And I was like, this is it. This is where I'm supposed to go. You know, this is where God's calling me. Um, and that's really what ever, ever since then, I was, you know, Guatemala, Guatemala during college, Guatemala. Like, this is where I'm supposed to go. Um and, you know, following in that. So that's, that's pretty much how. Oh, wow. So thank you, Tori, for joining us on Project Seek. Uh, for, you, for those listening today, um, if you're interested in an AYC or AMERS or any missions work, you can go check that out on the UPCI Youth website. Thanks once again for joining us, and we'll see you all next time.